Oh, tell me about Atlanta. Oh, Atlanta was great. Um, so we got there Saturday, early morning, right? So we had plenty of time to do stuff Saturday. So we just, we walked around, looked at Centennial Park, you know, a couple of things like that, and went to World of Coke that day. Mm -hmm. um, I did not try the Beverly because I've been tricked by that before. Um, the Beverly is the one that tastes really, really bad. Oh, okay. But uh, tried lots of other ones. In fact, I tried one and I forget the name of it, but it tastes like barbecue. It's... Meat or sauce? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then Monday was, we did the zoo in the morning, which was extremely disappointing. Um, it kind of reminded me of that uh, part of Jurassic Park where Jeff Goldblum goes... Uh, now, eventually, you do plan to have dinosaurs on your on your dinosaur tour, right? Uh, because so many of the exhibits were empty. Uh, so we, right about, or right before lunchtime, we ditched the zoo and went to the botanical garden, which was a, m a much improved experience. It'd be interesting if at the botanical garden, all the animals from the zoo were there, like on a field trip. <laughs> You're like, oh, there's the apes. I had no idea. There's a giraffe eating a lily, like... What's up, everybody? Welcome to the All Things MSP Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Escar, with my friend and OG host, Mr. Eric Anthony, and I am in a cave! As you can tell, I'm not in my studio right now because uh, if anyone's paying attention and listening to this in chronological order, I did miss last week because I moved, and I am currently in a temporary space, not physically, but more like metaphysically, because this will be my space. It's just that nowhere near done. But... What's up, Eric? <laughs> I don't know how to follow that. Like, um, the first thing that came, came to mind is, are you in your cave of wonders? You know, from <laughs> if we're pulling from Aladdin. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I've, I've seen you gave me the little twirl around tour with your camera. And I'm I'm a little jealous of how much space you have there. But uh, we'll we'll get you set up. We'll get it set up. And, and if anything, I did see, because we went to Home Goods yesterday, I saw like some bust of a statue and I was like, oh, can I get this? Oh, and my wife was like, why? I was like, I was going to cut the neck off and I want to put a button in like the back cave. And she's like, you could probably just buy that Shakespeare thing with the button in it. So I can make this like a single button in it, like turn the lights on and do stuff. Uh, because that's the kind of cave I want this to be. If anything, it's going to be a back cave, even though I'm more of a Marvel fan than a DC guy, but. Neither here nor there. Here's someone who's really into comics. I know that for a fact, maybe. Uh, Mr. Ryan Grimes, what's up, buddy? How are you? Good. How you doing, Justin? Nice Ryan, to meet you, Eric. Real quick, before we even get started, Iron Man or, or, or Batman? Uh, oh, God. Um, so the true character, Batman. Um, I just, I'm not a huge fan of Tony Stark. Uh and I think that Batman's uh, psychological story is, is fascinating to me. That's why I like Spider-Man so much, because Spider-Man is not about the web slinging and all that other stuff. It's about the torment of being a high school kid all at the same time as being a superhero and dealing with hiding his identity and protecting the people he loves. So oh, this explains so much more about you than I ever knew that the brooding personality of Ryan Grimes coming out in the episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm a real brooder. <laughs> real brooder. 
<laughs> well, uh, thanks for being here, man. Uh, for those who don't know about you, why don't you give everybody like a two-minute intro on uh, on who you are and uh, what you have for lunch today? Uh, sure. So uh, my name is Ryan Grimes. I'm the president of My IT Indy. We are an IT services company in Indianapolis. I've uh, been in business for 19 years. Um, father of three kids, uh, two cats and two dogs. Um, and I had a Cobb salad with buffalo chicken on there for lunch today. Nice. I didn't have lunch today. I had breakfast really, really late. I'm really? It, you're, you're all over the place, man. I can't imagine you didn't eat lunch. <laughs> I, uh, I I looked at the clock. I realized it was 12 o'clock, and I was like, I'll just have some eggs and bacon. <laughs> you never have lunch by the time we're recording this show, by the way. That is true. I usually, I typically am, like, ordering lunch while we're talking to guests. Yeah. yeah. The Uber driver <laughs> is showing up with his food during the show. Can you imagine if I was like, hey, uh, excuse me, uh, like, if we were, we're, we're having the actual thing, I'd be like, right, can you give me a minute? And then I just walk off camera, and I come back <laughs> with, like, a bag from, like, Uber Eats or something like that. Glad. This is my new trick. Also, in my old studio, I was always standing, and now I'm sitting for the first time ever, so I can do wheelie chair moves on camera, which is always exciting. Hold on a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What's that in the background? That's a lamp. No. What is that? Like a G5 tower back there? What? Oh yeah, dude. That's my G5 <laughs> tower. I got an X serve and an X raid in the other room. I'm decking this place oh. out. You have no idea. Some of it works. I have a 20th anniversary Mac next to it too that works. That I want to turn it on. I want to make it. I want it to be on and always running to like do something cool. But like you and I both know that OS 9 can't be on for more than three days without it exploding. <laughs> um, exactly. Apple jokes. I know a lot of you are PC MSPs and you're like, ha ha ha. What are these Apple nerds talking about? You'll get it one day. It's cool. So anyway, uh, Ryan, thanks for being here, man. So so let's talk. I've known you quite a long time. I know you, you, I know you're very opinionated. We were joking around a little bit before the show about things. Uh, um, let's pull a let's pull a Peter Griffin. Hey Ryan, what grinds your gears? Oh my God. Uh, well, let's talk about trillion dollar companies that move goalposts on us arbitrarily and expect us to just keep up and actually just really want us to go away and they want all the money from everything. How about that? Okay. I'm assuming you're talking about the Apple test that Apple consultants are needing to take. Is that the goalpost? Uh, yeah, there, there's that. And it's on the Microsoft side as well. So it's, it's really, um, you know, people don't understand, uh, first off, owning a small business is hard and running an MSP is hard. And then you combine them and you're, you're like, why are we doing this? Um, because, you know, Apple and Microsoft, you know, they're trillion dollar companies. We're not. They don't care. They're always going to do what's best for them. So they're going to put arbitrary things in place like, oh, hey, if you want to work with us, you have to do X, Y, and Z. And the answer is, okay, like we have to do those things because, you know, we like to pick up table scraps that they drop us every now and then. Um, and to be fair, like there's a lot of really good people at those organizations. I'm friends with people at Apple and at Microsoft that do a good job, but they work for trillion dollar companies. Like that's a different price point than we are in um and they're always going to do what's in their best interest which is fine because that's you know they're a business and they've got to make money but at the same time like they we've been doing this for almost 20 years now and the relationship has definitely shifted when apple was only a billion dollar business um and now they're a trillion dollar business and that is just a different relationship i'm sure someone's going to correct you and i'll do it for you there are three trillion dollar business now according to their stock yeah. cap Oh, but so true. No, this is true because like uh, not and not only Apple. I'm I'll, I'll I'll rip into Google a little bit because they'll never sponsor us. 
And so the other week, so this is a true story. So everybody, you all know, uh, I've been, I've been talking about moving and things like that. The last two, three weeks of my life have been kind of crazy because I was trying to sell my house. I was trying to buy this house. I was trying to move. My son went away to see boy camp and I had to take this Apple test. So for those who don't know, on the Apple side of things, and Ryan could talk about the, MS, uh, the Microsoft side of things, is in order to be an Apple consultant, uh, you have to pass a specific training test that they are putting out there. Now, it's not written for consultants. It's written for anyone who does Apple IT, both internal and consultant. So the test is actually very, very hard. And it was stressing me out because it was, I, I know a lot of people who were having trouble with it. And I took it and I, I luckily passed. Only, and I was like, woo, done. One big thing off my plate. Only to then find out Google had been sending me emails for the last six months that I had, that had gone unanswered because they sent me an email a day with different things saying that if I want to keep my Google uh, reseller partnership, we have to pass certain certifications. They sent it to me on the 28th and they had, had I had to have them done by the 30th. And not only did I have to have it done in two days, four separate people in my organization had to take tests because you can't have any one person hold two credentials. So you need to have two people in your organization with sales credentials and two people in your organization with deployment credentials. And so I got my team, we huddled together, we did it, we got through it. Luckily those tests were online and not ter ter terribly hard. And I had, a con I had a call with my Google contact and I say being like, uh, suck it, because we did it. But then I was like, what if you're a one person MSP trying to resell Google? And her answer was, Google doesn't want that to be the case. Google wants you to grow your business. And I was like, who is Google to demand that a person who is content being a single person MSP be forced to grow in order to resell your product? So I felt really like annoyed by that. And then as I got off the phone with her, I couldn't care about it anymore because I had other things to worry about. But now that I think about it, now that we're talking to you, Ryan, is that I'm I'm still annoyed by that situation. Like, you're right. The goalposts are being moved and we have to take these things to stay up. But it's not I don't think it's fair when the company demands certain things of the MSP. When it's not their decision about our companies. Well, I think that, you know, you take this to a different level and. MSPs, in my opinion, should probably stop trying to resell Microsoft and Google. And, you know, Apple's a little bit of a different case, but there's not enough money in it for, for it to matter, right? Yeah. Take the consulting money. They still need somebody to support those applications, right? Because Microsoft is not going to support 365 for a small business. They might say they are, but they're not going to in any practical way, in my opinion. So there's still money to be made by an MSP, even if they're not reselling 365. And I think at some point, there's just a separation from the by the MSP away from being a resale agent for Microsoft. And that's really what they want. They want all that money. They want all they want 100% of the revenue, not 95% of the revenue or 88% of the revenue. But one of the things I learned uh, <clears throat> uh, listening to uh, another podcast about MSPs was that 88% of MSPs are under a million dollars in revenue. 75% of that 88% are under 200,000 in revenue. So you figure 88% of the MSPs out there are very small and these large companies like are, they just don't even want to work with 
companies like us and we're under a million in revenue. We won't be long before we're over that. But at the same time, like they don't want us. They want us to go away. They want all the revenue and they want us to support their products for free to them. I, I, a couple of things. So one is I'm a little upset that you listen to any other podcast, but this amazing one that we're on right now. And two, you would have gotten that same figure if you listened to our episode with Dave Sobel, because he mentions that on the All Things MSP. That's who I heard it from, actually. You heard so, it from Dave, yes. right? There you go. <laughs> on the All Things MSP podcast episode, Eric will throw in whatever the right episode number is here. Um, 13, maybe? 12? Uh, something like that. <laughs> well, this will be one of those things where, like, if you watch the YouTube video of this, the actual number will show up on the bottom, but if you're listening to this in your car, you may never know. So, yeah, I think that's, that is a big problem. I feel, though, the the I kind of see where you're going with this, Eric, right? The idea of, like, stop trying to resell that stuff, right? And it makes sense, especially in the smaller, smaller businesses. But I've always been under the, the ideal that reselling those things kept the kept you sticky with the client, right? If the client is coming to you for everything, reselling your Office 365 licenses, your Google licenses, Dropbox licenses, Ignite licenses, whatever it is, if you could sell them anything, I mean, Ryan and I have a friend who will go on name right this second, who literally his whole thing was sell them SSL certificates and sell them DNS. He would sell everything under the sun and he would just stay super, super sticky. So I'll ask Eric first and then Ryan, I want your opinion on this one. If an MSP is to not be reselling those services, Google Workspace, Microsoft 365, whatever, does the stickiness of that MSP drop to next to zero? Well, then you're a commodity. Yeah, and let me, well, let me put it this way. What is the commodity? Is it 365 or is it the service? Is it the support? The commodity is 365. The value to the client is the experience in the support of that 365, which Microsoft is not going to be able to give them the individualized, the vertical, the industry vertical specialized, you know, experience that that small to medium sized business needs in order to properly take advantage of 365. Right. I guess. Yes. The issue I have is that, again, Microsoft, just as an example, wants all the money. I mean, they have shareholders, they have a board. Um, so if they're directly billing my client, they can solicit my client. They can uh, say, hey, we're doing, and Cisco's done the same thing. Cisco's like, hey, I know my IT and sold those licenses, but we'll give you 40% off. Uh, if you buy your licenses from us direct and they're like, well, Cisco doesn't do that. Yeah, they absolutely do. They want all that money. Um, so I, I don't think of it as stickiness. I, I see it as a barrier of protection from having to have conversations like, well, Microsoft says we can just do desktops with them and they'll handle everything because you know that's what they're coming for eventually. Like they want all the money. That's greed. I don't say greed is a bad word to use, but overly inflated value of what they offer um, or idea of what their value is, is not unheard of in this industry. And I think that it's our job to protect our clients because it just is like, we understand our clients, Microsoft doesn't, but at the same time, Microsoft will be like, we'll try. Right. Wait, so are you saying that you think that Microsoft is going to start offering like desktop support the same way on MSP? They already do. 
If you go to it, before the Microsoft stores closed, they offered Microsoft migrations to Microsoft 365. It did not go well. In fact, they I know for a fact they trashed a lot of data, but they offered it and they offered it for free. I forgot that Microsoft had stores. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I know, before the stores closed, and for a second I was like, they had stores? Yes, they did. And but they offered that service for free. So they're they're willing to pick up every nickel. Obviously, we're not. Um, and they're willing to do things for free that we're not. I mean, there's a reason we charge a lot of money for migration because it's hard, right? But at the same time, I don't want to get brought in when it, it's gone really south and they're like, yeah, all of our data is like halfway between Google and Microsoft or our on-premise exchange and Microsoft, like help us fix this. I don't want that to start off a client relationship. I want the vendor to say, you know what? We just don't do that. Let's call in a professional. I, hold on. I, I... I agree with the second half, right? Call the professional. But I also don't agree with the, I don't want to come in when it's half stuck because then if I come in and being who I am and you being you, like we can become the savior, right? Charge a lot extra more, charge a lot more money. And the client at the end of the day is like, oh my God, you saved our business. That's a great way to start a relationship. I mean, granted you're coming in with crappy scenarios, mm -hmm. right? because your data is half migrated, half not, whatever, as Microsoft screwed the pooch, fine. But like, if you can come in and you can appropriately save that client, you're gonna have a client for life. And there, you're gonna get your sticky. Possibly, and it, it could very well go that way. We just don't like to come in and have to drop everything that we're doing and, and rescue a complete disaster sure, sure. because it starts a relationship off on a stressful note. And that doesn't, it can exist throughout the entire relationship because it, that's what they're associating IT with is stress. Um, right. Now we usually come in when something's on a sliding scale of being screwed up. It's usually on there somewhere, right? Because if it wasn't screwed up, they wouldn't be calling us. But that's an extreme case, and it's it's never pleasant because it's it, 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 we don't like to start a relationship like that. But that's just us. That's fair. That's fair. So the so then what do you think what do you think MSP should be doing here right if 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 the goalposts are always going to be moved and we want to be in this industry should those smaller MSPs be giving up or should they be actively looking for better ways to grow should it be you know cuz we have a lot of friends that are that are single person MSPs or whatever they want to call themselves cuz they don't plan them don't like the term um, that don't want to grow they're content being a one-person shop, right? Are they inevitably dooming themselves by not having that desire to grow? I say yes, um, because, I mean, we're, we're a four-person MSP. It's very hard to do a good job at the level we feel that should be done. Uh, we even have outsourced uh, security operations centers for some of the things that we run because we're not able to monitor things 24 seven, 365 and remediate at the same time. So we outsource that stuff to a security operations center or a SOC. So I think that being a one person MSP is impossible. Like to do the things that I feel an MSP should be doing, I feel it's absolutely impossible these days. Um, you have to have resources available to you uh, to protect and to remediate issues and you're inevitably, inevitably going to have, you know, as a one person shop, you're going to have two things go wrong at any given point. Right. 
and what do you do? How do you take care of clients being a one-person shop? Uh, back when I started this 20 years ago, yeah, it was possible to be a one-person uh, IT provider and do a good job. It's like being a doctor 20 years ago was a different thing than being a doctor today with all the specialties and you know, specializations and, and medical people. You have to go see a cardiologist or a dermatologist or all these things like your primary care physician could pretty much take care of you back in the day. Well, now they send you to a specialist for everything. Well, it's kind of the same thing in technology. It's that complicated. All right. All right. What do you think? I think it depends on the definition of MSP, right? I think that what the three of us probably think of as an MSP, Ryan is exactly correct. Now, does that mean you can't provide IT services as a single solopreneur? I think you can. They're just not managed services and you certainly can't do security at an acceptable level as a one person MSP. Now, can you do micro business? I mean, literally one person, small to medium sized businesses? Probably. Mm -hmm. Can you do residential IT? Absolutely. As a single person, because the prior, I know, I know, Ryan, I get it. Um, and by the way, for those of you listening on the podcast, uh, Ryan's facial expression was exactly what you probably are doing exact what, you know, right now, uh, listening to this in the car. Uh, and it's true. Residential IT can be absolutely a nightmare. However, we probably all three of us know somebody who's doing a white glove residential high end client type MSP or ITSP, if we want to call it that, uh, that is successful. So I think there's, it depends on the definition of, of MSP. I think there is room for the single person IT service provider. And I'm going to use that term specifically. I don't think you can properly do MSP for your average small to medium sized business uh, unless you get up into probably at least the three to four, and then you still have to have that outsourced sock like Ryan yeah. was talking about. I do like, I like that ITSP thing and, and we should dive into that a little bit further. Cause I, I think one of the things and we don't have to do this today, I think maybe another call would be a lot of people who are, a lot of people like to say they're MSPs, but don't actually manage any services. I remember years ago, I was at a conference and I was hanging out with a, a friend of ours, Ryan and I have this friend, Mike Thompson from uh, Australia, who was in town. Uh, and he's like, and even back then, and this is, we're, we're talking about seven years ago. He goes, he goes, what services are you managing? Like you're not managing their cable line, right? That's a service. You're not managing that. You're not managing their printer, right? You're managing the fact that they can print, but you're not managing the printer. That's the printer service company, right? So the term MSP it's tossed on and I think also the other thing is the second you go from ITSP and you go, well, I have monthly recurring revenue. I'm now an MSP. That doesn't mean anything. Those two things don't cross, you know, cross paths. So I don't think that matters either. So let's bring this back to the original thing with what Ryan was coming in brooding about all Batman like against Google and Apple and Microsoft, which is that maybe the MSP concept as we know it. For those 88% of people who are sub, what we say, who are sub million, right? Or sub 500,000, shouldn't be MSPs. And I don't mean that in a bad way. 
I mean, you can be an ITSP, and we can start. Let's start uh, the revolution of changing changing what people think about themselves. Stop selling Microsoft. Stop selling Google. Be true to who you are, and offer the best quality service to whoever. Again, you mentioned residential people, Eric. Like I know, I got like three friends who like do nothing but residential, and they crush at residential, and they're making monthly recurring revenue. Right, that they're not MSP in any way, shape, or form. And then I have friends who are doing, you know, 30, 40, 50 person businesses, and they're sucking ass at it. The bar is so low to be an MSP; it's literally just laying on the ground, um, and you could just walk over. Like, I mean, case in point, we had a. Uh, a prospect come to us and we went there to examine what they're doing and they're all in all window shop and we're like well what's the admin login on your computers as we're documenting this stuff and they're like hang on let me call the it guy who was across the hall from them and he came over and typed a bunch of stuff he's like i don't know I'm like you what do you mean you don't know You're like you don't know what the admin user is on the computers here he's like nope Nice. Like we can't, like nobody can do anything on these computers because they're all standard users and nobody has the admin. I mean, that's what someone's paying for. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think what we're going to start seeing, and I think we're already starting to see it. I, I think I was having a conversation with uh, Jay McBain the other day and we were talking about the whole ecosystem and how things are evolving. I think a lot of these smaller what call themselves MSPs today are going to, uh, you know, these one, two person shops are going to move more into consulting because that's really at the end of the day, what they're doing. They're not managing the IT environment. They are consulting on the IT environment and then they're brought in as needed. They're not doing the proactive stuff that the three of us all think of as providing a managed IT service. Mm -hmm. I think the, I also, I rip into this one a lot also. I think the proactive thing, we, I think MSPs needs to stop saying we're proactive because we're not, because you can't be, right? Like proactivity means, sure, we, we make sure that you, you, we've set you up with backup, but like everything we do in our job is a reactive move. We only get called in because the backup failed. We get called in because there's a new employee story. We're getting called in because someone can't start their computer. We can't proactively, stop that person from not being able to turn their computer on. That's physically impossible, even in the metaverse, right? So I think MSPs need to stop talking about being proactive, right? And be truth to what they are. We will manage a couple of services, um, but at the same time, like you said, Eric, we're consultants, which I have a little bit of a problem with the word consultant, because as a Apple consultant, a member of the Apple Consultants Network, a lot of ACNs, and you know what? And if you're listening to this and you're an ACN and I know you hit me up on Slack and yell at me, a lot of you aren't even consultants. You're, you're, oh boy. A you're a mechanic. <laughs> it's another conversation. Uh, we started with what's is... my gears and I'm getting into it. <laughs> yeah, we noticed. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the idea, Justin, I agree with you. The, we're not proactive. We're very, very quickly reactive. Um, and that's what they say proactive is because we told the client the thing was wrong, but we're still reacting to the thing being wrong. Right. Um, and I totally agree with that. Um, 
and I had something else. Oh yeah, uh, the smaller MSPs. Yeah, they're going to get kicked out. So we're Microsoft Silver Partners um, until October. Then we will no longer be Microsoft Silver Partners because the requirements have gotten stupid. It's like you have to add 10 net new customers per year. You have to have certain level of certifications. Oh, and by the way, you were paying seventeen or $1,800 a year. Now it's five grand a year. Um, and I was like, oh, well, that sounds stupid. Um, and it, it, I mean, that's just the thinking behind these things. Now they're like, again, we want you to not, so we may or may not resell Microsoft. I don't even know if they're going to let us do it anymore. No clue. They may just say, you know what? You have to do 10 grand a month in order to even sell licenses. I, the, the, the net new client thing is what gets me because Google did that also, right? To be the next level of Google, mm -hmm. you have to have something like, $7,500 a month in net new clients. Who are you to dictate my business? Are you paying for that marketing, Google? No, you're not. So you don't get to make those calls. Also, I think this leads us into uh, a great thing, which is like, if we're not going to resell the licenses directly, there are big vendors out there like PAX 8 who we can use, who will do it for us. And I'm hoping that these Microsoft changes don't do not affect our ability to do it through companies like them because like they're they've been a lifesaver especially for us because we're not microsoft certified in any way shape or form but we can sell 365 all day long you know through them which has been a great thing mm -hmm. well that's yeah we're pax a partners as well yep sorry didn't mean to interrupt eric <laughs> no that's okay i mean that's really a lot of pax 8 success in this side of the industry with MSPs has been giving MSPs the flexibility to buy the way they want to buy. And I think that's, you know, part of the secret sauce of why PAX 8 has grown as fast as they have uh, is being able to do that for the MSPs when the larger, more traditional companies just will not. Mm -hmm. And, and that's the power of what I just like to call convenience buying, right? MSPs traditionally have purchased more like consumers than they've purchased like businesses because they are smaller. Right. Also, yep. let's just stick on here. Hashtag not an ad. <laughs> no, but PAX8, if you are listening, you know, atmsp.link forward slash sponsor. Sponsor. <laughs> I totally agree. We're PAX 8 uh, partners. We actually went to PAX 8 Beyond, and and uh, I, I know Jay. I know all the same people you guys are talking about. I listen to them talk. Yeah. The small business uh, consultant is going to have to evolve very quickly because, you know, one of the things PAX 8 showed us was they're going – Oh, we just totally lost Justin. Did he go get his snacks? There he is. Uh, but they're going to allow us the ability to do custom web stores for clients. So we can actually build our product catalog in PAX 8 and sell it to people um, who, are, who might not even be our clients um, or allow our clients to simply buy services through our own custom web store. And we could drop it into Jamfro or drop it into Syn uh, Synchro and have a link and be on every computer when they need to buy something. I mean, that's really, I think that they're going to uh, change our industry for the better. Um, and I think that they get us, right? I think that they understand that their success hinges on our capabilities to grow our businesses. So they make it worth our while to grow our businesses. If you're going to do this stuff, you have to evolve. You can't be reliant on somebody else's sandbox uh, to make your living. You can't rely on Apple or Google or Microsoft to care about your company. You have to find your own value.
in what you're doing and uh, the value to your your clients and new clients as to uh, you know ultimately get them to pay you money for your your expertise. Well, and that's where the evolution and change comes in, right? Mm -hmm. Because technology is changing, because business models are changing, because Microsoft and Apple are changing, we have to change as IT service providers. And I say we, I know, I sold mine in 2013, sorry. I still say we when I'm talking about MSPs and ITSPs. But that's where the evolution has to come in because the market's going to change. All markets change. So we have to change along with it. The question is, and, and the, the smart part, is how do we look two years, three years, five years into the future and decide what the strategy is going to be so that we're starting now and not getting caught being left behind two or three years from now. Yeah, but in order to do that, we'd have to be proactive, which as we've already determined, none of us are. Well, On you the can be proactive side, no. in On the some things. Plan side, yeah, you can be. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's an excellent point. Like, how do you know where everything's heading? Like, you, we're all kind of, you know, good guessers. Uh, we've done this for a long time. We can kind of see where things are going. Oh, we've done this for 20 years. Like, I kind of know where the road's leading. Uh, so we have to stay ahead of where things are right now and, and plan accordingly. So that when a customer says, hey, what about this? Be like, yeah, we've already done that. Um, it's 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 hard you know it, that's what makes this industry so brutal is that you have to swim fast yeah, yeah for sure i mean listening to people like jay mcbain dave sobel um who who love numbers and love data right uh they can give you some insight into what's going on listening to crazy podcasts like this you know might give you some insight uh hopefully i mean that's that's the goal right is that you get something educational out of these but you're right. I mean, it's it's moving fast is the only way to to stay on your feet because it just it changes so fast. Oh, wait, that's a good loop then. Ryan, uh, Iron Man, Batman or the Flash? Oh, God, seriously? Good. <laughs> We're moving fast on our feet. I'm pulling it in so I can close up like a bookend the show. Oh, my God. Um, supposed to say like Batman. Just say Flash. Just say like Ezra Miller. You like you like the flash. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Justin, it's it I'm sorry, it's Batman. It's Batman. Thank it's you. Batman. It's Batman. Michael Keaton's Batman. Thank you very much. Uh by the way, if anyone hasn't seen this, go watch when he did the uh his commencement speech. And he finally he's like he's like, and before I leave, I only have two words to say to you for the rest of your life, for you to remember forever and ever. And he like bends down low and he goes, I'm Batman. And he walks off stage and it was amazing. Yep. Well, it seems like a good time to end the show. I promise we'll do better next time because I'll have better internet. Ryan, where can uh, where can people find you online to commiserate and brood with you? Um, I love brooding on LinkedIn. Uh, it, it, it's a great place to hang out. It's where the big people use social media. Um, I'm not really on Facebook, uh, not really on threads or Instagram or whatever the new fangled stuff is. I hang out with the adults on LinkedIn, uh, or my it Um, if you want to talk about it stuff, I love talking shop. So definitely hit me up. Awesome. Thanks so much. Hey Ryan. Yeah. This mostly goes to a Facebook group. Oh, that's okay. 
I'm on Facebook. That's okay. Um, if you want, I to am Facebook, on... and, and if you want a friend, Ryan Grimes, most of Ryan's Facebook posts are him growing hot chili peppers in his garden. And exactly, exactly. Yeah. The important things and pictures of my cats and dogs. Pictures of the animals. Uh, yeah. Eric, anything before before we finish? Uh, probably just to say that we are on LinkedIn too. So if you do want to play with the adults, uh, we do. We are on LinkedIn. Uh, just look for all things MSP on LinkedIn. If you want to be a guest on this podcast, simply go to atmsp.link forward slash podcast, fill out the form. Justin and I will talk about it and get back to you as quickly as we can. Awesome. And also don't forget to check out our YouTube, youtube.com slash at all things MSP. Subscribe and like this way you get notified when new episodes are coming out. Usually they're on Tuesdays, uh, except for when there's a federal holiday. That always gets in the way of things. Hey. But... The podcast still came out on Tuesday. The podcast, the YouTube video just waited till yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> Which it didn't matter. I wasn't in it anyway. So don't worry about that episode. Pay attention to the ones I'm not kidding. It was a really good interview. I liked it. Anyway, that's it for us over at ATMSP. Hope you guys have a great week. Bye.